The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassett, Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Yeah, and we are here once again for our 3 to 4 p.m. talk about all things real estate and finance related. Um, that's right, another Tuesday. Lots to talk about today, too. Yeah, but don't forget, we're not going to be on Tuesdays much longer. Coming up next month, we yeah. are moving. Yeah, we're actually playing right now, too. They're going to take this right, show. Right, right. And on Saturdays, they're playing us now on AM 1590, The Answer. They're playing us from 2 to 3 p.m. So we're going to be moving on up. Up the dial a little bit, a little stronger station, a little stronger kinda to the e- Yeah, kind of to that. the east side because it will actually reach the east side. That's right. So I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, so, yeah, right now they're uh, simulcasting us, or uh, they were doing that when I was at the boat show, and they're going to be uh, playing us again on Saturday, 2 to 3 as well as doing our uh, replay on Saturday from 7 to 8 p.m. But also, you know what else talking about Eastside? What's that? In March, we're starting our new ad campaign in the 425 magazine. Very cool. Yeah, the Eastside magazine. I don't know if anyone else out there uh, who listens to the show is a uh, avid reader, but there's 425 and then 425 Business. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, we made a conscious choice because we do a lot of business on the East Side because everyone knows us for being in Seattle. But if you actually go and look at our TeamRiver.com webpage where we show, like, where we do business, I've always said we do business from South Snohomish to North Pierce and Olive King in between. Mm -hmm. And so when people hear I have a Seattle address with my brokerage, they're like, oh, you don't do Eastside. I'm like, no, no, no. I I got proof positive. Oh, you're all over the place. I've been all over the place. Like, you you can go and look. And that's why we keep an active map of where all of our sales are. Last couple months, you've been, you know, as far south as what, Puyallup, and as far north as Camino Island. Bonnie Lake. We just closed a listing in Bonnie Lake. I've got someone else looking in North Tacoma, Puyallup, Sumner right now. And we've got actually several people down there recently. And then Camino Island. We do some things by very special appointment. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I, I have a different uh, geographic descriptor. I say I cover the entire entire Apple Maggot quarantine area. And that just sounds too disgusting yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not originally from here, people are like, what is that? like, what's he talking about? You remember those signs? You'd, you'd be yes, when I first I moved thought? here, I was disgusted. It's like you were entering <laughs> the Apple Maggot quarantine area, and I'm like, all right, I'll keep those Apple Maggots away from mm. the other Apple Maggots. Yeah. Mm. That makes me want to eat. And while I'm looking at the most recent 425 magazine with a big donut in front, thinking yeah. of apple mm. maggots really gets me excited. You well, Thank you for that. I, I don't know <laughs> if those signs are still up now or not. I don't think they are anymore. Sure but if you know what? If somebody around. knows, yeah. shoot us a tweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seriously, at, at Team right. Reba, you know, send me a tweet, Team yeah. Reba on Let's Twitter. Or, yeah. yeah, if somebody might, knows, let me know. I might have to change my marketing. Yeah, if that's no longer a sign-up on the road. So, you know. I, you know, I don't recall having seen it, but it's, you know, I've been you here a long time. Know. Yeah. Been By the long. way, just a reminder, this is a live yeah. call-in show. If you have questions for us or our guest. Or you know about Apple Maggot signs. There you go. Give us a <laughs> ring. You can call us toll-free at 866-712-1300. Yes. So, you know what else we have going on coming up? 
We have class coming up. Classes. First time homebuyer class. This is the official uh, first time homebuyer class sponsored by the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. Mm -hmm. And if you take this class, you are eligible uh, for access to certain special first time homebuyer programs, including zero down options. And uh, the class is free. Yes, it is. But we feed well, you. Well, it's free to the people who come. We we free pay those, for well, it. Well, right, that's right. But we always we always bring in food. Uh, it is a five hour class, mm-hmm. which is mandated by the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, but man, it's packed with information. Yeah. And uh, we we hopefully you walk away knowing not only what is this process. It can be mm-hmm. daunting. It can be confusing. Yep. What's the process? How do I get the best bargaining power when I'm negotiating to buy mm-hmm. a home? Right. You know, what What are the different financing options, zero down options, and some kind of very special programs that yeah, which nobody a lot of knows people, about? Yeah, and a lot of people around yeah. here right now probably don't think that they can do right. a zero down program. But it, it right. does happen, and, and I can, we can say it for a fact. I mean, we've been in these classes oh gosh, for years. Yeah. And we worked with numerous people this last year specifically on those programs. In fact, actually, we're writing an offer for another client. Tonight. Yeah, well, it's it's due tomorrow. So, yeah, yeah, and they're going to be also hopefully benefiting from some of those grant programs that we talk about. Well, we figured out a way to combine grants. Mm -hmm. So we we can actually combine some things together. Sweet money. Give you $18,000 in down payment assistance at 0%. Mm Uh, which is really, really fun to do. And yes. it can be a game changer, you know, for, for, for first-time Absolutely. buyers. Because that is the number one challenge a lot of our, our first-time buyers have is, is they just don't have the money for the down payment. They've got good income. Mm-hmm. They've got good jobs. They've got good credit. Yep. Uh, but you know, And that's, especially that's with the, the way the prices rate. have been skyrocketing here over the last mm. close to six years. That's right. It's It's hard to keep your savings up on pace with what's going on with the prices. Right, so absolutely. it's a great great way to find out what else is available absolutely. for you out there. And, you know, we talked last week a little bit. Uh, we were talking about rates uh, and mm-hmm. and stressing the urgency right. right now. If you're thinking about buying or refinancing, you really should do it sooner rather right. than later, like now. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, this week has been already, it's only Tuesday, but it's been one for the record books. So oh, we've really? got a lot going on in the financial markets. Okay. And uh, how'd, so, you, how'd you like to be Jerome Powell? You know who Jerome Powell is? Jerome Powell is the new chairman of the Federal Reserve. Oh, right. Yes. Guess when his first day on the job was? Uh, yesterday? Yesterday. Yeah. So he walks in, rolls into the new job, you know, got his coffee well, in. Okay, his but it's not like he didn't that. know what the job was. Oh, no, no, no. I know. I, absolutely. <laughs> But, but I'd be wondering. Maybe, maybe he's thinking this is going to be a nice, calm day, you know, sort of, you know, kind of get get settled in. And Bringing everything. in no, donuts no, no, no. like he's no, Dexter. No. We got the Dow in a full on <laughs> full on meltdown, down almost twelve hundred points. You know, it fell six hundred points yeah. in ten minutes. Yeah, I know. At the end of the day, crazy, crazy day mm-hmm. in the markets. Um, so that directly impacts interest rates. Why did the market fall? Here's the circle. Here's here's what happened. Mm-hmm. Started with tax reform. Tax plan passed. Optimism for the economy picking up steam just mm-hmm. took off. And uh, and we've seen the Dow on an absolute tear all through the month of January going up and up and up. And uh, when the economy picks up steam, that also increases the prospect for inflation. And we're starting right. to see it. Higher wages, you know, causes yeah. causes inflation and, uh, and a, a very low level of unemployment, which we have some some you know, really, really low unemployment oh, yeah. levels right now. Yeah, getting to some so record all levels. of that led to speculation that interest rates are going to be rising. 
Well, that caused the bond market to, f- to go into almost a free fall, uh, putting some significant upward pressure on interest rates. So, so that caused the stock market to have a meltdown Friday and, and yesterday. And then in, in turn, people, when the stock market falls, people buy bonds. It's a yes. safe haven to go in. So then they started buying bonds um, late yesterday and this morning. That caused a rally in the bond markets, putting more downward pressure on interest rates. So we've gotten a full circle in about 24 hours with, I don't know how many trillion dollars of net worth lost out of the markets. But uh, that's literally what's going on right now. And uh, So what's it doing to rates? Well, we, we, we are, as of yesterday, officially at the highest level for mortgage rates since 2014. They're still not bad. I, mean, I was going to say 2014 is still a lot lower than it was in 2007. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely they are. And, and, and we're, we're, um, we're, we're not, um, you know, we're, we're still historically low. But to give you an idea, the national averages for a conventional conforming 30-year fixed rate mortgage today is sitting at 4.375%. Okay. You know, so we're again at firmly up. We were under four mm-hmm. percent uh, oh, yeah. in December, mm-hmm. yeah, so we're up about a half a percent. Fifteen-year uh, fixed rates are around three point seven four percent. Okay, still up a little bit, four, but still under bit. four. Mm-hmm. VA and FHA were at four point two percent. Okay, so again, mm-hmm. not bad, not bad, but yeah, not bad. But, uh, you know, better than we were yesterday. I'll tell you that much. Um, jumbo thirty-year fixed rates have suffered a bit. We're around four point four six percent. Uh, uh, right now. Okay. So you may find some exceptions out there. And again, these rates are national averages. Uh, when Whenever a lender quotes rates, we kind of get a little bit of sweat on our forehead because uh, we, we have to be so careful. Um, these are not your APRs. Um, right. Interest rates will vary from customer to customer. They're based on your loan amount, your credit score, down payment, type of loan, type of property. There's a bunch of different variables to go into that. But these mm-hmm. are the averages to kind of give you an idea. Definitely trending up. We're pretty close to, well, we are at a 52-week high you know, on rates right now. Uh, today, the market was, uh, bond market was flat, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, correction. It was a volatile day, as, as all these days seem to be. But uh, right now, we, we hopefully will see these rates start to settle down just a little bit. But right. boy, again, I would not wait. If you're yeah. thinking about locking in your rate, don't risk it. It's, right. It's, it's well, a and if you want to learn more about this and you're a first-time buyer, the two classes we have coming up, we've got February 24th. Mm-hmm. That's coming up from 10 to 3 at the Youngstown Cultural Arts Center. In West Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then we're also, for uh, the first time ever, having one on a Thursday evening on March 15th. We're going to be doing that in Seattle at the Remax office on East Lake. So that's my office, two three one two East Lake Avenue East. So we're going to have uh, we're going to give the youngins there you go a chance to run that sucker. night school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we're going to let our, our some of our team members kind of yeah. help us with so that. Yeah, so Marissa one. and Sarah, pretty yeah, excited pretty about fun. that. Yeah. 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 yeah, but you know the other thing I also want to point out. So you know we have all these team members on my team, and, mm-hmm. and so we've we've gotten some uh, bilingual folks. In Mm -hmm. our team now. So Ella Rich, who's in our team, Pamela, known as Ella, um, she is a fully fluent Spanish speaker. Mm -hmm. And she just got her certification in the program. Right. And so we are going to start teaching this in Spanish as well in the future. So we we don't have anything set up yet. But for anyone who is looking for that option or opportunity, you know, stay tuned. We will let you know when we start having some of those things put in place. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of on a, a similar vein, we we also have um, upcoming class uh, getting 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 kind of structure right now that will be spoke taught in Vietnamese. There you go. So there we go. All right. 
got our got our reaching out to everybody. Angles covered. We're getting there. Yeah. Maybe I'll do one in Norwegian. You just never know. <laughs> Only if you do it with that little song and dance that you did at there Christmas time. That's, uh, <laughs> no, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. So, okay. A couple other things I just want to mention that are going on before we get to our guest mm-hmm. on yep. the rest of the show. Uh, for any of you who had forgotten it was out there and you were so stuck in the doldrums of the grayness of the wintertime, the Northwest Flower and Garden Show or I guess they call it the festival now, mm-hmm. is going on starting uh, Wednesday through Sunday. So be looking out for that. And you can go to the Bartlett Group PR.com for more information as well, or you can just look up on Google Northwest Flower and Garden Festival. Sounds good. Well, when we continue, we're talking continuity, business continuity. Stay tuned on KKOL Business Radio 1300. If you'd like to call into the show, now's your chance. It's 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we're here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock to bring you information on real estate and finance, although pretty soon we're going to be moving up the dial yeah. to 1590 The Answer. Yes. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, we're going to be covering more area. That's right. I love it. That's right. More people get to hear this sultry voice of yours singing Norwegian songs. There you go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, they're going to hear me. <laughs> Yeah, I won't you be singing on the air anytime. No, re- no, 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 no response to that. Yeah, whatsoever. <laughs> so, oh, well, good. Well, we're happy here. We have a guest here today, Bob Ward, and Bob is the uh, the owner of Perpetual Business. Welcome, Bob. It's wonderful to be here, Eric. Yeah, yeah. really glad Thank to have you. you here, Reba. Tell us and tell us a little bit about this guy. Well, you. What do you want me you, to tell you, him for? You, I mean, you sat you next ask him on, a, on a plane, right? Well, yeah, so unlike uh, many of our other guests, where you and I either interact with them through the course of our business day or through some of our networking organizations or the boards that we sit on, you know, because a lot of times I have people I meet through the Renton Chamber or through uh, Renton Technical College Foundation Board and my work there or my, you know, giving programs and volunteering and all of that type of thing. And and then also through the real estate uh, world of of what we do. I was actually coming back from a business planning session uh, for real estate, and Bob and I ended up being seatmates. We certainly did, Reba. Yes. Yeah. We had a lot to share on that flight. We did. And when I found out what he did for a living, of course, I You're was like, fascinated. Oh, yeah. So this is uh, – so, Bob, I'm going to let you really get into your own Wonderful. thing. Wonderful. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell our listeners, what is it that you do? I perpetuate great businesses in the United States. It doesn't matter what industry that you're in. Every small business owner is going to sell their business someday. It's either or they, be, they hope to. It's They will. Not just hope. They absolutely will. It's sort of like death okay. and taxes. It's either going to be an unplanned sale, death, disability, or retirement with okay. no plan. Okay. I call that liquidation. Okay. Mm. I don't consider that a sale. So, okay, I get you. Yeah, I get you. But better... There's a plan ahead of time, and mm-hmm. that business will transition to a successor owner. Right, right, exactly. So you're, uh, the conversation that we had when we were on the plane was a lot about internal transitions, someone from inside the company coming in and taking over. Exactly. Because, you know, right. So you were telling us before we even got air, on air today 
what are some of the percentages of you know outside to inside and you know certainly tell us that well about a generation ago first of all only 30 percent of small businesses transitioned to the next owner so when Mm -hmm. the original owner left only three out of ten continued in this generation it's only 15 percent oh that's shocking yeah I don't think anybody really understands that, but Mm -hmm. it is, and it's because there's no plan. Yeah. So I help business owners from a conversation just like this, where we're just beginning to talk about the concept, help them all the way through valuation, solving for financing, all of the details that their attorney's ultimately going to need to formalize their arrangement. It doesn't matter what industry, if you've got a business you are going to sell it, and I want it to right. be planned. I'm with you on that because that's one of my biggest frustrations is that both within my industry of real estate, there's a lot of people who really don't do a very good job of planning. And so, um, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about in the coaching group I'm part of is, you know, they'll say 87% of all real estate people get in and fail within the fifth year. But I don't even think that's a real number because when I got in the industry, and I think this number is still probably more accurate, the the new people coming in, there tends to be about a 90% attrition rate just in year one. So to say that's 87% by year five, you know, I don't know if that's really quite a valid number. But, you know, I mean, you but, might have a different statement around that. Well, those, those numbers from starting a business just to succeeding and continuing beyond five years are rather mm-hmm. staggering, just like you said. Right. People do want to plan where they're going to go from the point they open their business. Most business owners just have this urge to become self-employed. They want to mm-hmm. get in business for themselves. Yeah. But they, they think, I'll be in charge. Yes, I'll be self-employed. Yeah. Destiny is mine. And in debt. <laughs> But there's no strategy of where they're going, how they're going to get there, and where their ultimate destination is. And if you're going to go in business for yourself and you're going Mm -hmm. to take all of those risks and liabilities and heartaches to make it, Mm -hmm. you certainly want to realize the value someday and have that continue to another owner. So, So the big thing we see all the time, and this is something that in the work that I've done at the chamber for the last seven years, and I've been on the board for six, um, we are close to six. We are always trying to come up with ways to bring value to our members. And, you know, like you're going to be speaking with the Business Development Committee in April, Absolutely. if I remember correctly. Do you remember Chamber the date? of Commerce. Yeah. Do you remember what date exactly it is? I, I think, don't. I think it's yeah. the first Tuesday, but I'll, I'll confirm it before the end of the show. But um, we're always trying to find ways to bring in value. And I, I thought you'd be a perfect fit for that because. In all the conversations I've had with hundreds of business owners, what you find is there's a lot of people who have a great idea for a thing, or maybe they're great at making something, or a rest that can create food, or whatever that thing is. But the, the reality is most small business owners, when they start out, have absolutely no business background. Yes, that's true. And they don't know how to structure putting all these plans in place. In fact, actually, when I met this guy over here, Eric... I remember my first year in the business of real estate, he actually had me speak in front of like a women's um, group Mm -hmm. for mortgage because I came in and said, here's what I'm going to do. And then I blew those numbers 
in that first well, you had year. A plan and that was yeah, a, I had a plan. I had a marketing a budget, business plan, and industry. you know, and all of that in play, right. and a marketing plan. And he went, "You're like something I've never seen in this industry." Mm, that's and, true. You were enlightened somewhere early in your career. Well, it's because I'd been in business, you know, for 15 years before I got in the industry, and so, you know, and had a business degree background. So, so Bob, your, yours is yeah. more. You, you have a business that's established. It's successful. Mm-hmm. That's where you come in, right? Because you're not helping the, the business grow. You're you're helping the business continue. That's that's true. However, in these succession plans, it's not an event. It's actually a process. process. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Therefore, while the transition plan is being effectuated, mm-hmm. we want that company to be ever more successful. So I actually do help them grow along the way so they're more profitable, providing mm-hmm. extra cash flow for the successor buyer. Oh, good. And that extra cash mm-hmm. flow helps fund in a creative way most of these transitions because just as you said in real estate, most of these buyers do not have money. Right. You have right. a you have an owner who's excellent at what they do and maybe they've they've managed to to put together a, a good business operation. But the next generation, whether mm-hmm. it's family members or, or existing owner, you know, employees, employees of the business yeah. or whoever it's going to be, you know, how, how do you how do you start that process, Bob, of making sure that that they have the oh, skills necessary to run that business effectively? Is a wonderful question, great leading mm-hmm. question. I have four specific steps. The very first one, I call it discovery. It's who is the current owner, what is the business, what is the mm-hmm. the resources of the business, and then who is the potential buyer or buyers. I want to know everything mm-hmm. about their background, their training skills, their finances, their uh, credit scores, their balance sheet. I want to know everything before I'm ever going to provide any advice. So that is the very first step. Sure. Makes sense. Who do wow, we have that's to like work you with? before a pre-approval letter. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So I'm sorry, did I miss at what how early do you get engaged? Is it, I mean, we're talking like someone looks at a three-year plan and they're talking to you or? Think think you're starting with a whiteboard. You know okay. you're on one side of the board. You want to get to the other side of the board and it's totally blank. There's so mm-hmm. many ways to achieve the end. The key is attaining a plan. Okay. Multiple ways of doing it. You just have to put all the puzzle pieces together of the buyer-seller and all the resources limitations to make it work. It could be done in a year. If it's Mm -hmm. a longer transition, figure 10 years on a parallel track where you've got the buyer working themselves in more and more in responsibility and ownership and money and the existing owner working themselves out of the business. Okay, so that's a lot like what I was telling you. One of the businesses I was in before doing real estate uh, was manufacturing components. And at one point I worked for a manufacturing rep firm that's still around. Shout out to Dave and those guys over at Westmark Electronics. And at what and so the the owners when I joined the company, um, and and this is another reason why I thought this was great to have you on because we talked about this. They had a succession plan in place, and it was like a ten or fifteen year plan typically because what they had found in that industry was back in the seventies there was a big conference and a bunch of these guys who were manufacturing rep firms were all at the same conference, and uh, a catastrophe happened at the location. And all these business owners all died in this fire. And so multiple businesses across the entire United States and Canada were just decimated. 
And so it really put a spotlight in that industry to have these things in place. It's kind of like a team that wants to split up some of the players or, you know, some of those kinds of things, you know, where it's like, you know, we don't want to have people traveling together, or at least we want to have this plan in place in case something happens. And so um, my boss had their next guys in place, uh, Eric and Dave, and then I was being tapped as a 20-something-year-old to possibly be in the next transition. And I ended up not choosing to do it because I wasn't going to have any say on any of the employees, and there were some problematic issues for me there. But uh, it really got me thinking about it at a much younger age. And then as I went into real estate in my 30s, the first thing I knew I wanted to do was have a saleable business. And so that was important for me to set up the right types of things like what I experienced in the corporate sales world of having a, a database, because especially when you're doing sales, that's one of your most important things is what's your list of customers? You know, what are you selling? And especially when you're someone like me, where I actually don't make the things I sell. You know, I don't make the houses. <laughs> I don't own the houses. <laughs> well, here's, here's the whole key to this. A perpetual mm-hmm. business is one that can mm-hmm. operate successfully without the current owner. So whether right. it's death, yeah. disability, or ultimate retirement, right. that business needs to be independent of the owner. Then it has value, and then it will continue. Exactly. So what, what, what do you do, Bob, to kind of help move that, that process along? I do everything, Eric, starting okay. from that foundation discovery period. Okay, we talk about discovery. Valuation. Okay. All right. So you are going to value for the, the financing. Okay. And all of the legal details their attorney, CPA, is going to want to look at to formalize that arrangement. So I take okay. it from beginning all the way to the very end and hand the final document off. I go, thank you. You've done all the work. Right, right, okay. right. Okay, good, good. Are you are you also coaching on like um, for for certain employees? Maybe they're going to be taking on a, a new role or a more important role. Are you coaching them? I on actually education have a, th- and that sort a of thing? three day a three day class called okay. Ownership Essentials. I do around the country. Okay. For- Let us get back to that mm. when we get into our next segment. If you have questions for our guests. Do give us a call at 866-712-1300 or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook because we'll be back in just a few. Got a question? Call it in. 866 712 1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassa, Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Austin from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Yeah, and we're still here with Bob Ward of Perpetual Business talking yeah. about uh, business business successions. I can't even say that or transitions. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of S's in that. That's right. So, you know, I'm working on your new logo. You know, we, you take the suck out of successions. So, you know, you're going to help us. <laughs> You're going to help these businesses kind of keep their. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> oh, that's the I'm, next thing I'm putting on social I'm media. I'm here for you, Bob. Thanks, <laughs> <Yeah>. Eric. <laughs> New tagline. There oh, he's so excited to be here with that's us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm remembering I'd, apples for some reason. I, I didn't. I didn't warn him about the yeah. show. <laughs> oh, all right. That's the only way he's I can thinking, get oh, people to come on. A realtor, how bad could it be, right? Yeah, well, at least we have a good time. Now you know. Now you know. <laughs> well, Taking this suck out well, of Bob, succession, I love it. <laughs> so, so Bob, owner of of a perpetual business and its its business valuations and continuity. 
uh, building legacies for businesses. I have a family member who um, has, uh, over the last 30-plus years, built up a very successful manufacturing business. And now they've, they've reached the point where you know, you're not getting any younger, and uh, the business is, is running on all cylinders, and there's there's suitors out there. Lovely. So I sort of watched this process, you know, over the over the over the years as as they've sort of prepped this business and got it to this point. And it involves a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of hard work and a lot of training and coaching and mentoring, you know, to get the right people in the right places to sort of have a bench, you know, of of, of capable people, you know, that can kind of run in, you know, come in behind. Good foundation. And, and you know, but but that's something that doesn't just happen. And uh, and so I'm I'm really you know pleased that you're here today you know talking about this because you know so many businesses I look at even as a banker I look at businesses that um, you know the the key person is the the chairman the spokesperson the number one salesperson they have all the contacts exactly and, and what happens if they go everything goes with them unless it's planned otherwise yep. absolutely yep yep. So over the break, we were talking about some of the steps that you take, and, and one of the key steps, um, you know, is is valuation. So how do you go about valuing a business? Valuation really is rather simple. There's there's two components, and the second one is by far the largest. The first is your assets, and that's just liquidation value. If, mm -hmm. if the business is not running, what will those assets sell for on Craigslist or eBay or to liquidation? Sure. So. There's step one. Step two is the real valuation of a business, which is the sustainability of its cash flow. Right. That's what a buyer wants. Yes. They're going to make a big investment. What's the return on that investment? Right. So you've got normalized or pure cash flow that you have to solve for. And once you have that, then you've got a market multiplier. Mm -hmm. And the combination of the multiplier times the cash flow is what your is blue your sky, your mm -hmm. goodwill value is. Sure. And that is the true value of a business. That that multiplier is going to be anywhere from zero to five times. Mm -hmm. Five means everything's going to run just perfectly without that owner. Zero would be the, yeah, right. the uh, scenario you described where the owner leaves, everything leaves with the owner. Got yeah. it. Got it. And, and a, of course, a buyer is going to have a different multiplier than the seller, you know, just like if you're selling or buying a home, you know. Well, I don't have well, anybody that uh, challenges my I was going to say, that's kind of like good. yes and no, because yeah. on mergers and acquisitions, I mean. It's in, an in objective a lot of, yeah. price. Right. And, right. And everything's laid out. There's a narrative there. All the numbers are supporting it. Mm -hmm. I haven't had anybody argue with that. Are you using some sort of, is there a market tool that tells you the multiplier for this industry is this, or it's it's really more based on the, the actual? That's a, a great question because lots of people, organizations will do valuations. Mine is proprietary to me. I created it. Yes, there's national mm -hmm. averages, regional averages for different mm -hmm. industries. But I don't think that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Each business is unique. And just yeah, because there's absolutely. a national average, mm -hmm. right, what does that have to do with your business? Right. right. Well, yeah. and, and, and I've, seen, I've, seen, um, I've seen mortgage companies. You know, of course, that's kind of my, my world. It's okay. It is. They've been sold uh, <laughs> and, and at a very high price. And after the sale, the sales force leaves. They don't like the management. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. they don't like the transition. Now, all of a right. sudden, it's it's very clear that the buyer paid way too much for that business because they were re relying on that sales force staying. Right. But that's also, you know, 
bad on that buyer mm-hmm. for not having done the due better. diligence. Yeah, yeah, they should have done better and but figured out those dynamics. Here's the key to this whole little uh, conversation, the mm-hmm. sub-conversation we're having. Business is about its people, mm-hmm. right? Oh, no true. Question. True, true. That is what sustains that cash flow. If I'm looking at buying a business and the average longevity of the of the people there are a matter of a few years, that indicates high turnover. There isn't mm-hmm. anybody with sticking power that has that institutional knowledge to carry the business right. on to the next. Mm-hmm. If they're there an average of 10, 15, 20 years, the key people have that longevity. Mm-hmm. And if the current owner had the foresight to maybe have some executive bonus plans or golden mm-hmm. handcuffs mm-hmm. on those people right. or right. a share of ownership where they're locked in, mm-hmm. that's where a buyer will pay up because of the sustainability of the cash right. flow. Got it. Yeah. And do you see situations where, say, say a business is sold and the new buyers will, will contractually keep on existing staff or their key members Absolutely. to stay in there? Yeah. And same thing, you've got to just figure out, you have to, so is that that part of your model to figure out what's the the market price for that? My valuation model is based on multiple factors, six of them to be precise, three of them revolve around people. One Mm -hmm. is the independence the business has of the owner. Can the owner just be absentee, be gone, Mm -hmm. and the business won't even know the difference? That's really important. Mm -hmm. And then looking at the production staff, Right. And looking mm-hmm. at the customer-facing staff, those other two, right. how long have those people be there? Will be there, and how are they likely going to stay? Interesting. And are you so so a lot of data going into that process? Are you so? And, and it sounded like so you're interviewing. Are you That's interviewing the staff. entire staff? No, but I am interviewing anybody who is a potential successor Got it. owner. Okay, but. But you keep mentioning some of the key people. Are you not having conversations with them too? Or are you asking the owner I'm about asking what the their owner and plans the, are? And the successor buyer. Okay. okay. And I'm looking at the date of their longevity, okay. their so, pay structure. So that because you're going in fairly early in the process on this too, I there's an so. opportunity potentially, if it's not already done, for someone to put those things in place yes. then, right? So it's yes. not it's not that you have to have already done that. This might help you get Absolutely. through that process with somebody who has, who's got some experience having done that. And sometimes I'm hired to start a process and through yeah. that initial discovery process in step one, mm-hmm. I will go back to the owner and say, you're just not ready. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, it's like if I look at somebody and go, uh, now's not a good time for you to sell. Exactly. Because you're not prepared and you're not willing to do the right things to get there. And that's the advice that professionals like you will give to get the best outcome. Okay. Yeah, I know. I had somebody the other day that was asking me about selling their house and they had a two-month timeline and I looked all around their house and went, uh, I think you need some help because that's a mighty aggressive timeline and it's a lady in her 50s that's got some health you know, back issues and she's got all heavy furniture. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. There's no way in two months you're going to be able to do all this. But we can help you. We can do these things. But I also still want you to understand that when you call me to say that you need to delay, I will understand because I'm already not certain that we'll be able to get there in two months anyway. So, um, no, that's great that, that you have that opportunity because I know like – I mentioned in the real estate space, and of course, I always have to bring this back to real estate because it is a real estate show, um, but there are a lot of people looking at this because to Eric's question about multipliers and what have you, right now, most people think that it's like the large companies, like a Remax or something that that would be a bought and sold type of thing, and brokerages do get sold and brands get bought and sold, but actually teams are being 
bought and sold now. And the multipliers on a team are anywhere from two to seven, um, with the, the typical being anywhere from two to four. But it is all built on what are all the systems in place? How do they manage that database? You know, what are the marketing tools that they've got? Who do they have in some key roles? But can it be, because that, that's the whole thing in real estate is it's always like, oh, look at me, look at me. I'm this agent doing this thing. And, you know, like we're even considering changing the name Team Reba because that alone potentially takes away my saleability of my company down the road. I don't have any plans on doing it for, you know, probably five to 10 years, but that still is something I have to think about very, and very if you're heavily. Five to 10 years, you want to actually be working on it right now. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm working with my business coach right now to talk about that and say, you know, after 15 years of having that brand, what might it do? And regarding, regarding people that we were talking about just a little bit earlier, an inside buyer is more likely to be successful than an outside buyer. That mm-hmm. inside buyer, that key employee or employees already know the business. Right. They know the systems, procedures. They have the institutional knowledge. Yeah. And someone coming in from the outside does not have those connections. They don't have mm-hmm. any loyalty to the people or right. vice versa. Inside has a much higher success rate than outside. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just showing Reba something. Uh, you seen I'm, that movie I'm Office Space? Not to laugh. I have not. No. no. Okay. Uh, anybody that's watched the movie Office Space, uh, there are two efficiency experts in Office Space, and both are named Bob. And I'm thinking we got name. one of them on the show uh, right now. So I'm all about, about efficiency, that. Eric, and effectiveness and success. Yes, feel free to go to our Facebook pages to find that one. I'm going to share it off of his, his site. That's hysterical. That's awesome. Well. Okay, so Bob, so we've talked about discovery, we've talked about valuation, um, financing. How do you how do you fit into that? Uh, little that's niche? always interesting. Similar to you, Eric. Okay. Most often have to be creative. Mm-hmm. Our country's not done a very good job saving money. Really? And those people <laughs> never thought of that. That's why we have, have first time homebuyer classes. We <laughs> no, exactly. down financing we options. First time business sellers too. <laughs> That's right. There you go. The people who do have money tend to be over fifty, fifty five years old. They're okay. not the ones looking to buy a business. Correct. So we've got to get creative. Okay. Got it. Got it. And I'll be happy to talk about that in our next segment. Well, that sounds good. That sounds good. So someone. So. Okay. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. I was just going to say, so that means that from the financing perspective, it's not always like go and get a SBA, Small Business Administration loan. No, because SBA, bank loan, SBA backing a bank loan, yeah. they're just going to lend against assets. Right, yeah, right. and, that, and it goes on their house. Yeah. Goodwill. Yeah, okay. Okay, I have a feeling I know what and your answer is going to be on that on that question, too. I don't so. like your feelings, though. <laughs> 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 like, like his feelings better than his singing. <laughs> That's right, yeah. You've, you've, you've definitely got that. You've definitely got that right. Well, excellent. Well, uh, for all our listeners, we've got Bob Ward on, who's with Perpetual Business, the owner mm-hmm. of a Perpetual Business, talking about business succession and continuity. Taking the suck out of succession. There you go. And if you have questions for him, call us at 866-712-1300. We're going to be right back with more on Open House with Team Reba. Open House has open phone lines. Give us a call at 866-712-1300.
Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we're here talking about real estate and finance. And with us, we have Bob Ward, owner of Perpetual Business, We're talking about business succession, continuity, legacy. So thanks again for joining us, Bob. And value. Don't forget and that value because we were just talking about value right. at the well, end of the last is, segment. My passion is helping business owners create that legacy and get paid for what they built. Excellent. And you're you you work all over the place, right? I think I, I just heard That's you're, you're on all your way to San United Diego. States, most everything can be done by phone or email these days, but when necessary, I will be on site when requested. Excellent. Now, folks, if our listeners have questions for you or, or want to know more about this topic, how can they reach you? Very simply, start with perpetualbusiness.co. You'll get some information from a couple of videos on that website, as well as a free downloadable perpetual business guide. It's a great starter to get you thinking about how to do this. And certainly, I'm always welcome for a phone call or text on my cell phone, which is 206-304-7723. Excellent. All right. And that's perpetualbusiness.co. Not .com. Correct. Okay, perpetualbusiness.co. Excellent. Well, thank you again. So before the break, we were talking about, you know, kind of some of the services that you provide to sort of set up the stage for, for a, a good succession. You know, we've talked about discovery, kind of learning about the business, the key yep. people involved with it. Um, also, how to value the, the company, how to value the business. Yep. Uh, when we left, we we're going to jump into financing. Yeah. So, and as you mentioned, a lot of the folks may be buying a business, they're younger, maybe they don't have some assets saved up, so they, you need to get creative. Even if they're older, mm-hmm. they may not have any assets Good saved point. up. Yeah, That's true. very true. And there's just a couple ways of doing this. Someone either has a whole lot of money and they can write a half million dollar check, highly unlikely. They could potentially borrow half a million against assets that they have, mm-hmm. highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Or the owner could finance, which I don't recommend. There's too much risk in doing that. So what does that leave? Mm-hmm. I call it creative financing, which is equity accumulation. So think of an owner who is going to help the buyer through business cash flow bonus the successor employee for taking more responsibility, learning more about the business, taking some of the reins from the owner Hence, earning a little extra money mm-hmm. to get started with a percentage ownership and become a partner. So no longer a key employee. Now, I'm an owner with you. Maybe mm-hmm. it's 3%, 5%, 10 mm-hmm. But then that allows the process to actually begin, and it's real. It's not hoped for. I'm a partner with Eric, as an example. You own 95%. You still have control. But I am taking over more and more, and you're mentoring me and training me. So in that transition of time, duties, responsibilities, and compensation, that parallel track I was talking about, Mm -hmm. you are also working out of your ownership, and I'm working into that ownership to the point where the buyer now has 35 to 49.99% of the business. Okay, and and ready to take the And has demonstrated competence. Then the balance could be financed. Okay, got it. Because at some point that owner is going to need to be cashed gone, out. Yes. Yeah, gone, cashed out of that, yeah. cashed out of that business. But during that transition, even if it was say ten years, that mm-hmm. owner is likely 
gone after three, four, five, primarily. Right. Sure, sure. Because the the current, I mean, the successor buyer is running it. They're doing a great job. They don't really need to be involved in that anymore. So, okay, that yeah. makes that makes perfect sense. Good. Got it. Okay, what else? What's next? I think I would really want to emphasize that a business is all about its people. That that gets under-recognized and and owners don't realize that their whole business is their people. I'm going to – one of my favorite – uh, business people's Harvey Firestone, mm-hmm. very okay. successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love two of his quotes that I'm going to share right now. One, it's the growth and development of people. It's the highest calling of leadership. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to paraphrase that. I'm going to turn it around and say it. If you're a parent out there, mm-hmm. very true. Yeah. growth and development of your children was the highest calling of being a parent. Mm-hmm. All about developing others. And the second quote is, it's only as we develop others, mm-hmm. we permanently succeed. Your business is about your people, and you want to be independent of the company, and your staff can run it without you. Well, that guy knew how to put the rubber to the road. He certainly did. That's very the- clever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just a Firestone joke. So. <laughs> I, I think you handled that very well. Thank you. And, <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you, thank yeah, you. We never get tired. So, um, <laughs> no, okay, well, you're also asking about what's next. I did look yeah. up the Renton Chamber. So I, I know you're going to be leaving tomorrow to another business trip, but yeah. um, not only can people reach you via you know the vehicles that we talked about, your website, the Facebook page, your phone number, all of that, but you will be speaking with the Business Development Committee group at the Renton Chamber on April 4th. Something else you helped arrange, Reba. Thank you. I, yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. It was, um, you know, so, excuse me, April 10th, not the 4th. April 10th, 2018. It's going to be from 8 o'clock to 9.15, roughly. And uh, people can go to GoRenton.com if they want to go and sign up for that. Um, you don't have to be a chamber member to attend this particular event. We use these for both our membership as well as to help invite new people who might want to consider membership there. But we're just always trying to bring value to the community. And there's so many different small business owners around, even you know, mid-sized businesses, where maybe they haven't quite started thinking about this yet, or maybe it's starting to get into their minds. I know it's certainly a lot on my mind right now. And so I just thought it was a real uh, joy to have run into you on that plane and uh, had an opportunity to really discuss a lot of business and what you do for businesses. It was serendipity, Reba. Yeah, absolutely. I, I truly believe in that. So, mm-hmm. no, I thought it was fantastic. So, and if the listeners, if the listeners are inspired by this show today, mm-hmm. that would be a great follow up to attend that chamber event. Absolutely, because they're going to have an, a PowerPoint presentation, insights, some hands-on things about actually getting their own process started. Oh, perfect. Called Succession by Design, the Perpetual Business. Love it. Love it, love it. Okay. I'm excited about that. I I plan on attending myself. I mean, I know I've already talked with you, but I plan on attending. So, Bob, for the businesses that you work with, is there sort of a a minimum size or a maximum size? That's a really really good question. My niche is four employees to 25 mm-hmm. and annual revenues of a million to 10. Okay. That is okay. the niche. In the in this whole United States, there's roughly 5 million small businesses. Mm-hmm. And in my niche, that's probably about 3.5 million. I was going to say, them. that's probably the bulk mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And, and yeah. I have really limited my sites. I don't think I can actually help more than about half of those, but I'm going to do my darndest. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll, you'll just got to give it the old college try, exactly. you know, do the, do the best you can. 
Fantastic. And, uh, you know, of, of all the, okay, so we've talked about, you know, the, the, the valuing a business, discovering the skills of the employees, financing, you know, all that kind of works into the succession plan. Um, what about, what about technology? What about looking forward changes in, yeah. the, in the business environment? Is that something that you have to take into consideration? That is not in my purview. Life is changing in every industry every mm-hmm. single day, sure. whether it's it's banking or real estate, mm-hmm. manufacturing, it's constantly changing. And, and that's something that the seller and the buyer are going to have gonna to You're going to leave that one up to up to them. Okay. Uh, I can't do Got everything, it. Eric. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's so many different kinds of business disruptions and stuff that's out there. But, you know, being able to have somebody talk with someone like you, but then also be doing some of their own research as well and thinking about what is my business doing because like again i'll go back because real estate is what i do now you know we spend a lot of time thinking about the future and looking into technology and thinking also about like i I love to read books like bold and abundance Um, and then you know those kind of frightened me into the i mean i already came from the tech world coming into real estate so i was already kind of ahead a lot of my peers but it keeps going leaps and bounds even beyond. So for me, it's also then turned into then reading books like Humans Are Underrated because it goes right back to the same thing. The first few chapters of that book made me depressed, but then it turned around and went exactly to your point, Bob, of it's about the people and the value you bring into that company. And And that's what we're building. And you have great people. You want to do everything in your power creatively, financially, personally, to retain those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Bob uh, Ward from Perpetual Business. Really, really appreciate your joining us today. And hope the listeners found this entertaining. Join us next Tuesday, 3 o'clock, for more real estate and finance on Open House with Team Reba. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash Max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Tuesday at 3 for more Open House with Team Reba here on Business Radio 1300 KKOL. program sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Business.